0: Welcome to the Psalms, a Call to Words podcast where timeless truths shape today's words. I am your host, David Bunce, and I hope that you will be blessed as we journey through the great songbook of the Bible. Psalm 58 is another one of the imprecatory psalms. This is where judgment or justice is prayed to be enacted upon those who are wicked or against God. Here in this psalm, we wrestle with the thing we have wrestled with before. How do we reconcile the idea that we are supposed to love our enemies, to pray for those who despitefully use us, and yet we still have these kinds of psalms in the Bible where we are rejoicing in God's righteousness being done, in the goodness of wicked being destroyed. Is there a time when we can pray for such a thing for the physical realities around us, for actual people? I believe there is such a case, but it is extremely rare. Usually, the way we should pray the imprecatory Psalms is against the world, the flesh, and the devil, that those things may be destroyed, and that the wicked will repent before it is too late. Psalm 58. To the choirmaster, according to Do Not Destroy, a mictum of David. Do you indeed decree what is right, you gods? Do you judge the children of man uprightly? No, in your hearts you devise wrongs. Your hands deal out violence on earth. The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray from birth speaking lies. They have venom like the venom of a serpent, like the deaf adder that stops its ear so that it does not hear the voice of charmers or of the cunning enchanter. O God, break the teeth in their mouths. Tear out the fangs of the young lions, O Lord. Let them vanish like water that runs away. When he aims his arrows, let them be blunted. Let them be like the snail that dissolves into slime, like the stillborn child who never sees the sun. Sooner than your pots can feel the heat of thorns, whether green or ablaze, may He sweep them away. The righteous will rejoice when He sees the vengeance. He will bathe His feet in the blood of the wicked. Mankind will say, Surely there is a reward for the righteous. Surely there is a God who judges on earth. This psalm is filled with language that shocks us, that brings us to a realization that God is serious about his judgment against sin and against the wickedness of those who pursue unrighteous and hate-filled acts. David is praying for God to deal out judgment that their violence and their wrongdoing would be brought to an end. I found an excellent article from John Piper to be helpful on this point, and it talks about the snails that dissolve into. To slime. He says that Psalm 58 is an imprecatory psalm, and we sometimes stumble at these psalms because Jesus said, love your enemies. This is found in Luke six twenty-seven. So, can humble, obedient, loving Christians ever pray Psalm 58 and mean it the way the psalmist did? And Piper says, yes. Here is one possible scenario. The wicked in view deal out violence on earth. That's what we hear in the psalm in verse 2. They have resisted every remedial effort. They are entrenched and unwilling to listen, like cobras who stop their ears lest they be charmed into meekness. This is from verses 4 through 5. So day after day, their violence destroys the poor and the weak. Now there are two groups to be loved. The slaughterers and the about-to-be slaughtered. You see them coming to your town with their machetes. They have hacked hundreds of women and children to pieces in previous towns. They are terrifying to watch. What do you pray in this moment. Of course, our desire as believers is that they lay down their machetes, that they repent, that they become our brothers. And we pray that over and over and over again. We may even have risked our lives to offer this kind of forgiveness. But here, Piper says, now fierce violence is in their eyes and they're about to chop up the hands and legs of the children and disembowel the women. What do we pray? What? How does love for the women and children pray? It may very well pray what David prayed in this song. Knock the fangs out of their mouths, O Lord. May they disperse like water running away. May their machetes be dull and never find their mark. May the rising sun melt them like a snail too slow to do its deadly work. May they arrive at the house of the innocent like a stillborn child. O God, save the poor from the violence of the wrong. So then... What we have to ask is if God answers that prayer that we pray for God to judge those who are doing evil, what is our response? If he responds and he strikes them down and the women and the children, the poor, the meek are saved, do we rejoice? And I believe that is right too, because they were about to inflict great harm and great destruction. And so, we want the innocent to be saved, not perfect people, of course, but those who are being oppressed and caused to be destroyed. We should pray that God would bring righteousness. To think about the atrocious acts performed by many around the world, we should pray that they would be stopped in their wickedness. Again, the hope first is that they would repent, that like Saul, if we had only prayed for his destruction if we lived in that time, what would have happened? God used Saul mightily by changing him, by transforming him, and turning him into one of the greatest apostles to be used for the glory of God throughout all of history. What a wonderful transformation, and that can happen for anyone. So, we pray for repentance. We pray for change. But at the same time, we also pray that those who are going to continue in wickedness would be stopped, would be struck down. Even when we hear of Jesus praying, He loves those around Him. He seeks their good. He seeks their salvation. He goes to the drunkards and the tax collectors and the sinners, and He calls to them with grace. And yet the unrepentant, he pronounces woe. What is woe? It's judgment, destruction, the same kind that Sodom and Gomorrah faced. He says, indeed, in uh, Matthew chapter 11, beginning in verse 21, woe to you, Chorazin, one of the towns, another town, Bethsaida, for if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, It will be more bearable on the day of judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. How severe this judgment is. He even says to Capernaum, he asks, will you be exalted to heaven? He says, you will be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained to this day. But I tell you, it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom than for you. These are very strong words from Jesus, and we know that he was the perfect example of love and of grace, and yet here he is condemning whole towns because they were unrepentant, following wickedness, and refusing the grace that he was trying to offer them. So, indeed, God will eventually judge. And we have the promise of revelation that one day, Jesus himself will wear a robe dipped in blood. This judgment that is coming is not something where Christians will see it and say, oh goodness, that seems awful and terrible. We will rejoice in his righteous judgment because we know it is right. We know it is true. We know of the grace that has been offered, and we know that we ourselves deserve that kind of judgment and have been saved from it. So, we seek for the good of others, for them to be saved from it. But when God says that is enough, it is right for him to bring that judgment. McLaren comments, if it is right, In God to destroy, it cannot be wrong in his servants to rejoice that he does. Only they have to take heed that their emotion is untarnished by selfish congratulation, and it is untinged with solemn pity for those who were indeed doers of evil, but were themselves the greatest sufferers from their evil. He, uh, Morgan goes on to say, "...it is a sickly sentimentality and a wicked weakness that have more sympathy with the corrupt oppressors than with the anger of God. We must recognize God is right in all his judgment, and to seek the good of those, even our enemies, until it is too late, and then to trust God with his righteous judgment." Spurgeon himself said that the damnation of sinners shall not mar the happiness of the saints." God will judge righteously, and so we trust in His vindication. For all of those who suffer such severe executions at the hands of oppressors, the saints who have been burned at the stake, God is not blind to those events. He is not unable to do something about it, but out of His love and His mercy and His kindness, He allows opportunities for repentance. May we recognize God as the righteous judge, and so therefore, tell people to repent to come to him as a gracious, loving, heavenly father before they have to face him as only a judge. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this psalm. As hard as it is for us to understand these uh, prayers that the psalmist prays, as hard as it is to reconcile at times in our lives of where we want to pray for the love. of of your grace to be shown to these people that we want to be loving. We want to see the wicked turn from wicked ways to trust in you. And we know that's what you desire. You want to see all men turn from their sin and come to grace and faith and hope that you offer, Lord. But if they will not, if they harden their hearts, Lord, all they have ahead of them is judgment. May we seek your grace and your mercy. We especially pray for your mercy to be toward the saints, those who are gathering in other places and other countries, places where the saints are facing persecution and death and martyrdom. May you be with them and strengthen them. May they know that their enemies will not last forever and that the good and sovereign judge and Lord over all creation sees them, hears their cries, and will deliver them from their groaning. Lord, help us to trust in you, to delight in your word, and to hope for your salvation and your ultimate and righteous and true judgment. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to The Psalms, a Call to Words podcast. For more content, just visit calledtowords.com. I hope you will join us again next time for more riches from The Psalms.